the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we continue in this new series called Do Over with a message called When I've Messed Up. It's all about confession, a great way to get a do-over. This is Real Life Radio. If you're taking notes, please write it down. Every do-over starts with a thirsty heart. Every do-over starts with a thirsty heart. That idea of a heart that desperately thirsts for God, for His healing, His restoration, His love. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Revelation twenty two seventeen. listen to what the Lord says. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. The one who's not thirsty has no interest in the free gift of the water of life. Here's the truth. The fact is, we all thirst for something. We're born with it. It's there. We don't necessarily recognize what it is. Call it the thirst for life. We all thirst for something. And that something is supposed to draw us to Father. The problem comes in when we go and we look at all these other ways to try to satisfy our thirst. Listen to what Jeremiah chapter 2 says, verse 13. God says, My people have committed two sins. The first, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water. The second is, and have dug their own cisterns or wells or containers for water. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Broken cisterns, this idea that there's these other things that we could kind of try to provide for ourselves, that we could pursue to quench and satisfy our thirst, that we come to realize, you know, maybe they can't. It's like success. Success is one of those things that we as a culture really try to satisfy our thirst for life with. The problem is, as long as you're climbing the ladder of success and you still have hope that, well, when I get there, maybe my thirst will be satisfied, you're good. The problem is when you get there. The problem is when you reach that pinnacle of success in your industry or wherever it is, and you go, I am actually successful. Why am I still thirsty? Why am I not satisfied? We often use money to satisfy that thirst. And the problem is, ultimately, you may get enough money where you have plenty. You don't need to work for anybody. You can do whatever the heck you want. You're free because you have enough money. You have more money than most people. But you kind of start to recognize, well, then why do I still thirst? I thought this would satisfy my thirst. Zacchaeus was wealthy, but for some reason he was still thirsty. 
Sometimes we put that in a relationship. Oh, if I could just have that person and we could have that relationship and just, just the two of us, and if that, then everything would be good. But then that happens and you have that relationship and you realize that's just a person and I'm just a person. And whenever you have two people, there's great days and then there's not so great days. And it's just life. And I've got the relationship I thought would make me complete and satisfied. But why am I still thirsty? And you recognize that's trying to satisfy satisfy myself, my thirst, any other place other than Jesus is digging broken cisterns, broken wells. See, like Zacchaeus, we need to understand this simple principle. For a do-over, we've got to bring our thirst to Jesus. Every do-over starts with a thirsty heart. Zacchaeus was so thirsty. His thirst for Jesus and Jesus' love for him led Zacchaeus to the place where he really did as he experienced this do-over, there were four steps. And I dare say simple steps. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying easy steps, but pretty simple steps I want to give you that we can see in Zacchaeus' story that were actually the process of do-over. And this is going to be important to us in each of the, the scenarios that we look at when it comes to do-over. So I want you to pay attention to this. Very simple, four things that happened because of this thirst as Zacchaeus was given a do-over by Jesus. Four steps. Say it, stop it, study it, surrender it. The first step is to say it. And we're talking about confession. Just honest confession. You admit it. Zacchaeus had to come to the point where he didn't deny what they said about him. He did not try to lie to Jesus. He flat out admitted it. Yep, I've done it. I'm guilty. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confession is simply telling the truth about what you've done and where you are, agreeing with God's assessment. And as simple as that is, you know, you realize you're never going to get help until you admit there's a problem. We live in a culture where it's becoming harder and harder to actually honestly practice this idea of say it or confession. Because we're, we line up with excuses on why, oh, no, no, we, we're, it's, it's not our fault. We didn't do anything wrong. It, I have, the, I have, a, I have a, a medical thing or a chemical thing or I have a cultural thing or my family or this is biased. That's why. We make excuses all day instead of stopping and saying, you know what? I said that. I did that. And it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. Just admitting it and saying it. God's word says it's sin. You know what, God? I, I've come to recognize you know what you're talking about. That's why you get to be God. You're right. Confession. Father, I am sorry. That is sin. It's hurtful. It's wrong. It's just plain confession. And it is becoming so ridiculous. People who are unwilling to simply say, yes, I was wrong. And, and I have to say to you, deception about what you did is bad. Self-deception is like the most deadly kind. Self-deception is the most deadly kind. You've got to begin by just admitting, God, that's sin. God, I did that wrong. God, I didn't do that your way. I'm sorry. Every do-over starts with a thirsty heart. Secondly, stop it. Say it and then stop it. And you're like, okay, this seems kind of self-explanatory. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised. Well, I admitted it. Isn't that enough? You mean you want me to stop it? Well, yeah, it was bad and it hurt, right? Well, I know, but I, I, but I can't stop it. I kind of like it. Seriously, you, you would be surprised at the people who, there's like a catharsis. If you say it, if I just admit it and say, yeah, I know, this is bad, yeah. Well, are you going to stop? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I want to keep doing that. I had a guy one time come into my office. It was a couple. 
and they were sleeping together outside of marriage. And they knew it was wrong and feeling guilt and all this. He didn't want counsel on how to now live differently and righteously in their relationship. He asked me to help him find a biblical loophole. I did a quick Bible study to see if it's really wrong for a pastor to punch a parishioner. It is. Jesus said he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. I couldn't do it. I was very frustrated about that. I wanted to jump over the desk and just kind of pound this guy because it's like, are you out of your mind? So you know it's wrong. You know it's hurting. It's hurting your relationship and all this. You know that. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I guess, yeah. But you don't want to stop. Well, no, I, you know, oh my gosh. Acts 2, 37, 38, Peter preaches a sermon to a group of people and, and they're convicted because he says, here's what you did to Christ. Here, you, we're guilty, you're guilty. In verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, great phrase. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. There's a big difference between regret and repentance. Repentance, and and Peter would have understood this. Everybody in the New Testament would have understood the Hebrew concept of repentance. It's a very powerful understanding. It doesn't mean just to say, I'm sorry. That's confession. Repentance means to turn back or to return. I'm walking this way. I realize this is sin. It's hurtful. It's wrong. I made a mistake. I'm going to turn and go back to God's way. That's what repentance means, a change of direction. 1 John 3, 5, and 6, But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. I'm not talking about, you know, you're really trying to follow Jesus, and you fall and you stumble and you ask for his forgiveness. I'm talking about the person who says, well, yeah, I want forgiveness, but I don't want to stop this. And I'm telling you, folks, we live in a day when there's been some real distortion of the concept, the understanding of grace. And and the idea that we can just keep on sinning is a really bad understanding of grace. It's like your kid's doing something that's destructive and hurting them. And if it's a little kid and they're touching the stove or if it's a bigger kid and they're in some habit or something that's really destructive. And you're like, oh, well, I forgive you. And it's okay if you keep on because I'll keep forgiving you. That's ridiculous. It's hurting them. We love them. God hates sin because it kills those he loves right? And he created us for something better. He has an alternative. So you got to say it, but you also have to stop it. And a thirsty heart's willing to do whatever it takes to experience God's grace. The third thing is study it. And by that, I simply mean to find out God's plan and direction. We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Do Over. If you'd like to hear this full, unedited message, It's available right now as a free download at the River City website called reallife.org. Just look for the sermon link. And if you think you'd like to come visit River City, well, here's an invitation from Pastor Sean. Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to take just a moment and invite you to experience Saturday nights at River City. This new 5 p.m. service will be an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the real life that God designed us for. River City is located on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park with entrances on both Lookout and Evans Road. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is called reallife.org. To find out more about Saturday nights or our Sunday services, go to reallife.org. 
We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Welcome back as we return to this message called When I've Messed Up. This is Real Life Radio. The third thing is study it. And by that I simply mean to find out God's plan and direction. To take the time to to not only recognize, wow, this is wrong, this is hurtful, but God has an alternative. Okay, God, what is your alternative? Find it out. What does God's way look like? Zacchaeus knew what he was doing was wrong, and he also had been raised in a pretty religious culture, so he kind of knew. The things he said four times, that sounded like certain Old Testament kind of restitution that would be made for sin. Sometimes God may ask us to make restitution. There, it's not just forgiven and then, okay, we're going to move on from here. Sometimes God may say, yes, you're forgiven. Now I need you to go back and make it right with that person. I need you to handle that correctly because you can. Zacchaeus knew. He understood the concept of what was right and that he was in violation of that. I think in our nation, people used to have a better understanding of what sin was, what godly behavior looked like. As we've moved farther and farther from any understanding of the Christian faith or a Christian a kind of corporate or public ethos, I think we've lost that. Remember, I read an article a few weeks ago how young people don't even have the language or a moral framework to talk about ethical, moral decisions. They don't even know how to do that because of the way we, it's been bombarded. You can't say what's right and wrong. What's right to you might be right, wrong to someone else, blah, 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 vice versa. So I think we're in a place where a lot of people go, okay, yeah, my way is hurting me. What does right look like? So this idea of study it becomes really important. We have to understand what is God's alternative? What is God saying to me? Any of you guys like to know how to hear God's voice? Like to understand how to hear what God is saying to you? Anybody like to have have, have me do a series on how to hear God's voice? Anybody like to hear a series like that? What do you think? Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that down the road, okay? But we're going to finish this one for right now. But I mean, really, that's one of those things that we were talking as a team. It's like, yes, that, that's something people want to hear. Let me, I'm going to give you the first major step to hearing God's voice. And it's right here. It is study scripture. And you're like, oh, bum, that seems hard. <laughs> Sorry. But what I'm saying is we fundamentally believe and have seen and have seen the fruit that this is the word of God. Listen to what 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 says, how from infancy you've known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then Paul says this, all Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you know that there is such a close correlation between spiritual growth and maturity and being engaged in the Word? And you don't have to read it all today. What I'm saying is make this a regular part of your intellectual, your spiritual, your moral diet. This should be the foundation because we believe God spoke here. And understand something, God's not schizophrenic. He will never contradict himself. So one of the best ways to know what God wants to say to me individually is to understand what God has already said to us corporately. And when you understand, when you become a person of the word, so many things with that. Oh, so God wants me to do that. Yes, the power of the scriptures in understanding and discerning God's voice. One of the main reasons people struggle hearing and understanding God's voice is because they are not people of the word. I find that people who are people of the word, and and I'm not just talking about reading it academically, okay, I read a chapter, check the box. I'm talking about reading that and engaging with the Lord prayerfully. God, what were you saying to these people in this chapter? What would they have understood? What do you want to say to me through this, God? 
well, what am I supposed to do about this? In, in other words, engage in prayer. Talk to the Father about, how, what do you want me to do about this? And you will be amazed at how you will begin to see clearly the path. And sometimes you'll just go, wow, I can't believe I didn't see that before. Well, the Word is powerful. I encourage you, study the Word. Get in a group. Get connected in a group. You know, we got all kinds of new groups for new people starting. I challenge you, get in a group. Get godly counsel from others as you study the Word together. You'd be amazed at how clear God's path will become. And the last thing, and really the others won't help if you don't do this, surrender it. See, it doesn't help to know God's direction if you have no intention of following it. Discipleship is real simple. You know, listen for his voice, do what he says. If we'll do that through the word, listen for his voice, do what he says, we'll be amazed at how we will grow spiritually. Surrender it. Surrender to his direction. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 9 through 11, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, think surrender, think obedience, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you understand the whole point of surrender is he says, I've got a better way if you'll surrender yourself to it. No negotiation. No, okay, God, you can have this part, but not this part. Surrender means, God, I'm yours. My life is yours. I want to follow you. He says, he wants to do that so our joy may be complete. Do you, do you trust his ability to bring about miraculous change if you will surrender to him? I want to challenge you in that. That's powerful. Every do-over starts with a thirsty heart. Jesus made a statement in Matthew chapter 11. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, that thirst, when you go try to satisfy that thirst in other places, it just makes you weary. But Jesus says, come to me. I just want to challenge every one of us as they kind of go through this song, just have a time to reflect and let the Lord speak to you. Where are you in this thirst and in this process of do-over? What areas has God been talking to you about? Let him speak to you as you listen.
said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's really what we're talking about. Lord, I want to do over. And sometimes it's in regards to our whole life direction, but sometimes there's areas that we try to keep, we try to hold on to, or that we're struggling with. It can be something in a relationship. It can be a sin that's hanging on and that we try to get victory over but we just keep getting beat up by a mistake he wants to give us a do-over like he did Zacchaeus and it's available I want to take just before we go I just want to take a moment and pray for you if you're here and there is some area where you go you know the Lord was talking to me and I want prayer I I just I'm simply going to ask you to stand I just want to pray for you there's some area that you go, you know what, I, I, want, I want something different. I'm thirsty for something different. I want a do-over. Stand and I want to pray for you. Yeah. Lots of us. Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you saw something in Zacchaeus 
that drew you to him. And Lord, right now, I believe you see something in every one of these folks that draws you to them because your eyes look to and fro. Lord Jesus, you know the individual situation. You know what it is. And I just ask that today, as we stand before you, that you would meet us. Lord, I pray that even now, right now in this moment, we will feel that that thirst being quenched by the living water as we trust you. Whether it be with our whole lives, Lord, I pray that you would forgive our sins and come in to live in our lives and set us free. Or Lord, maybe we're followers, but there's an area that we've kept off to the side, that we've kept to ourselves, that we're not seeing victory in. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will give us victory. And I pray that the living water will bring rain to the dry and thirsty areas of our heart and our life. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's an emotional issue, financial, career, whatever it is, Lord, I just pray that like Zacchaeus, our thirst will draw us to you and we'll be willing to say it, stop it, study it, and surrender it. And Jesus, let you live. It's not in our strength, Lord. You don't ask us to do it in our strength. You want to empower us. And I thank you for that. I pray for your empowering and I pray that we would, even this week, in groups and around this place, hear testimonies of what you did. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you. We honor you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Do Over. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message all over again and this series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.